Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Singer of the Cure, shares the name of a great Ohio State and Minnesota, Minnesota Viking running back, Robert Smith. <laughs> but this is uh, just like heaven by the Cure. It is pouring outside. Noam, do you have any updates on the weather? When I get out of here at about 10.30 to catch eleven fifteen ferry back to my neighborhood, it is may- it going to be raining like this? Well, maybe not as hard, but it's supposed to rain all morning. All morning. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. There's nothing more gross than rain in New York City. I go to my mom's house in upstate New York. I'll be there next weekend for Labor Day weekend. And I love the rain. I hear the pitter-patter on her on her uh, roof, you know, and it smells like green. It's just beautiful. Rain's in New York. It smells like piss. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and all the duty in the street gets smeared everywhere. And, I mean, it's just so disgusting. God. I miss this city like I miss a boil on my ass. But my next guest still lives in the city. <laughs> he used to live right next to me down there in Battery Park, which, if you have to live in the city, at least that area is still kind of nice. He does a great show uh, every Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, ran a great race for governor, and, of course, has a very famous dad. He is my friend Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, buddy. How are you? You know, did you ask Eric Adams if he could include that in the I Heart NYC campaign? <laughs> I love New York City like a boil on my ass. I feel like that can attract, you know, a couple hundred million in tourist well, dollars. Here's the thing, Andrew. You know I'm honest. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here every day. I love working here. I love the energy. And I didn't mind living in your neighborhood. I actually liked it there. But you know my neighborhood. You campaigned a lot there last year. And it's, it's a great place. And that's part of my frustration. But before I get to the migrant crisis, or like I say, illegals, it has become tradition, Andrew, that when President Trump gets indicted or he's about to get his mugshot taken, for some reason, the day before that, I get a text from you, and you happen to be with President Trump. So does he call you knowing he's about to go to jail or something and go, hey, Andrew, come over, let's hang out? I guess so. I, I don't know if he thinks, uh, you know, I uh, I have bail money, because I certainly don't. That's sure. <laughs> But it actually is uh, ridiculous when you think about the fact that I know you've talked about this, the fact that Donald Trump, that Rudy Giuliani have to go in and get mug shots when literally everybody in the Western world, not even the Western world, in the entire world, know what these guys look like. And also think of the fact $200,000 in bail money. And that's going to keep a billionaire from being <laughs> a flight risk? It's nuts. The whole thing is absolutely nuts, Sid. And look, when you've got a district attorney who's out there opening a campaign fundraising site 
four days before this indictment. That tells you everything you need to know. This is all about politics. This is all about her seeking higher office. And I think when you look at the facts of these cases, I think all 19 defendants have a great chance to get this thing pushed to federal court and then probably outright dismissed. I couldn't agree more. But, again, uh, just getting back to our introduce to you, you were with the president just two days ago. He was out there golfing. It was a beautiful day that afternoon, that Wednesday afternoon, when you did text me. How would you describe his mood, his behavior that day, the day before he turned himself in to Georgia authorities? Amazing to say this, Sid, but it really is true. I would say unaffected, completely unaffected by it. And this is the thing that I've seen time and time again with both him and my father. And, you know, my father and I, we spoke the night after the debates, that night after he came back from Atlanta. We took about 15 minutes ourselves and just kind of chatted a little bit. And, you know, what we had both kind of come to the same conclusion of is that we're so callous to this that really there's almost no feeling in terms of all this. I I know it sounds crazy, uh, but with everything that we've gone through over the last five, six, seven years, even the fact that you start going through a political prosecution in the United States of America and you see your father having a mugshot, most people would think that that would be a very emotional experience. Mm. Um, I I would say the emotions – almost didn't even register for me because it's almost like you, you kind of think, okay, well, what can I do now to help the situation? What's the best thing I can do to help the situation? And it's probably not a good thing. I probably, you know, this, this will probably be something that, you know, I'll have to talk to some people later in the future about in terms of that. But the truth is, you know, I just want to make sure I can do whatever I can to help my father. And I think that's how they view kind of their service to the country. You know, what can I do to make the situation better? Well, one more on your father, then I do want to move to the illegals crisis because I would give anything today to have you or Lee Zeldin as governor and not this witch, (laughs) this awful witch, Kathy Hochul. But uh, we talked last week about your father needing financial help. And you said, well, listen, Trump is going to put together a dinner. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I've had people say to me, why is he putting together a dinner? Why can't Donald Trump just write Rudy Giuliani a check? I mean, 100000 a plate, how many people are actually going to show up? So there are people that love Trump but are still critical, saying, just write Rudy a check and up with the fundraisers. But, but at least he's doing something. How do you feel about that? Well, look, we've had commitments already. Uh, I, I don't want to tell you kind of where we are because I want to make sure that we get the money in the bank first. As you know, commitments are very different than actually the money hitting the bank. But uh, the donor interest has been very strong for this event in particular and then for the Mar-a-Lago event, which will be kind of smaller dollar, will allow more people to attend and more people to contribute to Dad's fund. Look, as I said last week, Sid, you know, I'm not going to let the perfect be the enemy of the good on this one. We've seen really good progress the last couple of weeks, and my real goal is to make sure that I can get my father enough money that he doesn't have to have a public defender and sell all Mm. of his – his home down in Florida, along with the home in New York. So that's my goal in all this. And kind of what I said before in terms of the feelings, um, I'm not going to let the feelings get in the way of the facts and what ultimately needs to be done in this. There's a mission, there's a goal, and I want to make sure we achieve that mission, we achieve that goal. And the best way of doing that is figuring out what can I do today to help. It just uh, dawned on me this morning, too, that the fundraiser for your dad at Bedminster is Thursday night, September the 7th. So I guess I'm not going to see you, your beautiful wife, and your dad at uh, Cousin Brucey's event, am I? (laughs) You know, it's disappointing. It was kind of one of these things that got put together last minute because the president's going to be leaving here in a few short weeks to go back down to Florida for the fall and the wintertime. 
And the only date that was available for both him and the venue, Bedminster, was September 7th. And I, I asked a couple of different times if there was another date. I checked even later. There wasn't, sadly. Uh, but thankfully, I, I'm sure that John will understand. John yeah, of course. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love coming to the WABC events. The gala last year was incredible, highlighted by your uh, amazing speech about your partner, Bernie. You. That was uh, that Thank was you. a moment that I think brought everybody to tears. Thank you. Uh, and I'm sure this one will be spectacular. I- I'm sad I'm going to miss it. But uh, the wonderful thing about the WABC family is uh, they're always there for you when you need them most, and uh, that's how John has been. John and Margo both are incredible people and understanding. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. No argument for me, and uh, they're great people. Just building on the Bernie thing, uh, obviously he's not going to be here this year. We all miss my dear friend, but his wife, Carol, and his two kids will be at the event coming up Thursday night, September the 7th. So Bernard McGurk continues to live on, which is great. I didn't get to talk to you about this, but before we move on, I had a very strange dream about a month ago, and I wanted to tell you about this dream. So I wake up, and I wake up. I'm dreaming, and you, Bernie, my father, and I are all on stage on what appears to be Madison Square Garden, right? <laughs> yeah. We get off, yeah, we get off stage, and for some reason, you know, in your dream, just the way that it is, the studio is upstairs. So you and Bernie are going into studio. So I get off stage first. I kind of go to the side because you're going to go up. My father gets off stage. He's going up to the studio with you. You get off stage. You and I have a big hug. And then Bernie's the last one to get off stage. And as Bernie gets off stage, I just said to Bernie, I'm praying for you. And Bernie responds back to me. He says, I'm praying for you too, Andrew. Right. I think. That would be his response. That would be his response, right? (laughs) With with a smile. And I was like, I need need a soothsayer. I need somebody who can read a dream to tell me what that means. Bernie, I think, is praying for me. He thinks so. No, listen, he loved you, and he loves your your father. So, you know, he's like, I'm okay now. I'm uh, I'm at the pearly gates, and the pain is over. My poor guy went through a year of horrendous pain, and now he is up there, I'm sure, every day hoping for the best. 
for you and your father. So that is actually that's actually a very prescient dream that you had about our old friend Bernard. Once again, we will celebrate him coming up on that night. So I did mention your uh, your run for governor, and uh, you were terrific. You really were. I thought you were the best of all of them. I've told Lee Zeldin that, even though Zeldin won the primary and had a chance to beat Kathy Hochul. Look, you know I've been out two of the last three nights in Brooklyn with Curtis Sliwa. I don't want these illegals in my neighborhood. I'm not looking for a better place for them. I've got no sympathy for them. Call me a prick. Call me a bad guy. I don't care. I don't want them here. Don't want them. Send them back. Put them someplace else. Put them on Rikers Island. Put them on a boat and get rid of them. If that sounds insensitive, tough. More people agree with me. They just have the balls to say it. So now you got Kathy Hochul. She ain't doing nothing. You know, she's yelling and screaming at the mayor, Eric Adams. He's done less. What is your take on this whole illegals crisis? Oh, it's a complete disaster. It's, uh, you know, the, the, basically this is a problem that has been created by the federal government. So, look, Adams and Hochul are right about that. What they didn't talk about is that Kathy Hochul campaigned on welcoming them. Eric Adams literally went down to Port Authority and gave out welcoming baskets when they started coming in saying, we'll take them, calling the governor of right. Texas a racist. Yeah, but, but so by the way, here, yesterday, right, she mentions the federal government yesterday, Andrew, to your point, here's another opportunity for the governor or the mayor to say two words, Joe Biden, Joe did Biden. she do it? No, instead nope. she calls Governor Abbott a bad guy. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. And if they really want help, if they want to actually try to get any help for New York in the next 16, 17 months before November of next year, they're going to have to start calling out Biden directly. They might even have to go down to D.C. and have a press conference or two, because the truth is, unless Biden starts to feel this and starts to feel this politically in other places aside from New York, let's say the Pennsylvanias of the world or the Arizonas or the Georgias, these swing states, he's not going to lift a finger. But if they start seeing that this is starting to register in some of these swing states, then guess what? New York is going to get the help that we're going to actually need. And then you might actually have what really is the solution to all this, securing the southern. And by the way, Sid, not just the southern border. You can talk to Elise Stefanik about this. Yep. The northern border is becoming a really yep. massive problem as well. And as you know, New York is a border state on the northern border, and we're having some major issues upstate in New York. That's why no matter how many times they indict your friend, and he is your friend, you guys are very close, no matter times they arrest him, mugshots, all that, it doesn't matter because people want their cities back. They want their neighborhoods back. They want to make sure at the end of the week most of their money, at least more than half, is in their paycheck. They want to walk the streets and feel safe and have cops respected out there. So while the Democrats are yelling and screaming about social issues, which I get, look, I'm pro-choice, I get it. That's not why you elect a president to talk about abortion or that nonsense. I don't say nonsense or those types of issues. You elect a president to keep you safe and to make sure this country and you make money. And nobody in the world is better at that than Donald Trump. I agree. And to me, it was amazing the other night in the debate how little the border and how little our border security was actually. Well, how, but how imp- unimpressive for the most part. I'm sick hearing about Vivek, by the way. Enough of that guy. He hates Israel. I can't stand him. How unimpressive mostly was that crew a couple nights ago? Well, well to that point right there, right, I thought all of those candidates had some, some really, really obvious hits on Vivek. One was on Israel and trying to explain that. You had Nikki Haley, who basically pressed him for a little bit. But as soon as Vivek gave an answer, went right to Ron DeSantis. And DeSantis 
didn't do anything. He should have stayed on that issue, that issue and should have hammered Vivek on it, one, so that way you could hit a surging candidate, but two, also so that way you could show to Americans that you would be standing with Israel, that you back the aid that we end up giving to Israel. But then also on the 9-11 comments, there was no mention of that. I was absolutely shocked. I don't know where these other seven candidates basically are getting their debate prep, but it was really disappointing to yep. see that field. And there's no doubt the biggest winner of this thing, and look, I'm biased, Sid, but I think I could say this even without bias, looking beyond that, was Donald Trump. He made the yep. right decision. I got news I for you. wanted to see him in there. I got news for he you. He made the right decision. You want to hear this? The biggest yeah. winner was Donald Trump, and this is going to nauseate people. You know who the second biggest winner was? Who? Joe Biden. You're probably right. No, I mean You're it. Probably right. That's how pathetic. Yeah. I mean, stupid fat Chris Christie and his uh, shots and whatever. It was a complete nightmare. Listen, you got to tell our friends, and I'll tell them too. I don't want Tim Scott either. Nice guy, super guy. He embarrassed himself that night. He's awful. You gotta, you gotta get a woman. You gotta get these suburban women to vote for Donald Trump. I'm not sure they can do it, but grab Christy Noem, grab uh, Nancy Mace, grab hey, hey, Tulsi Gabbard. Grab, grab, be careful you, the way you say that. You grab Christy Noem, <laughs> grab Mace. I'm just saying that might not be the right, the right, right thing. You know, you're right, especially with Takapita coming up in that stupid Bush video out there. But you know what I'm saying? You got, you got to, you have to have a woman on the ticket that's going to appeal to these suburban housewives. No. Yeah, I know. Look, Sid, you got You've got to put together your binder full of women, just like Mitt Romney <laughs> had his binder full of women. By the way, just think of the perspective of that. Could you believe that a presidential campaign eleven years ago got put down because of binders full of women? Yeah, that was like the very first thing that Donald Trump said, and everybody left. Yep, and he said three hundred and fifty-seven more controversial things than that. And Romney's campaign got put down by that. So it's amazing where politics is. Sometimes I just like to reflect and look back and say, okay, where has politics gotten to in the last 11 years? It's amazing to see it. And to end, I guess, a little bit on a more sober note and kind of what we talked about in the beginning, it's amazing to see just where our justice system in the United States of America has actually slipped to. You know, when I landed last week coming back from Lithuania, as we spoke a couple times from Lithuania over the last few weeks, I was preparing for my Sunday show, and I, you know I'm just typing on on my uh, on my iPad, just kind of you know first line something like uh, you know so good to be back in New York. And I kind of stopped for a second. I said, you know, I just left Lithuania, a former Soviet bloc country, and there are no political prosecutions going on in Lithuania. Hmm. I wonder if I'm going to a country that believes in equal justice under law more or less than a former Soviet bloc yeah. country. And I concluded that the U.S believes less in that than Lithuania does. Isn't that I mean, sad? Isn't that sad? And, and that is a perfect ending to this, and that's exactly why Trump needs to win. You put it beautifully, and you're correct. That is a question you should never ask yourself, let alone come to the conclusion that you did, which, by the way, Andrew, was the right conclusion. Uh, great, 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 great appearance. Sundays at 2, you do a terrific job. I love you. Thanks for hopping back on. We'll do it again next week, buddy. Thank you. Always, Sid. Thank you, my friend. My man, Andrew Giuliani, 2 o'clock on Sundays. That was a kick-ass. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.